1: my name is kevin wilson and i'm kyle lenzel and we're excited to have you guys back for another episode here today and just grateful to you guys for listening every week and and meeting us here i just look at us like a big family we talk about all kinds of things issues topics some things we agree on some things we might disagree on and your issues, my issues. You <laughs> That's <know>. right. <laughs>
0: Kevin don't like watermelon issues, oh my all
1: this. Yes. Don't like watermelon. But yeah, we, it's, you guys are just family to us. And so we appreciate all of that. And so kicking off the show this week, just want to remind you a couple of things. If you're listening to us on any device and if they have an area where you can rate or review, please do so. And that helps us out a great bit. Also, If you want to donate to the show, if you say, hey, Kev, Kyle, you guys have been a blessing to us, our family, our kids, or you just want to see this biblical truth just going across the country. Hey, listen, do what you can. Nothing is, no amount is too small. No amount is too big. But we have a donate button right there at thinkingoutloudmedia.com. That's our website, thinkingoutloudmedia.com you can donate there. And, you know, if you you go to the homepage there, you scroll down almost all the way to the bottom and you will see where you can click through PayPal and it will, you could do recurring payments. We're looking for 20 people at $25 a month to stay on the air. And also we are looking at just one-time gifts. So if you guys want to do a one-time gift and you say, Hey, you know what? I could do $5, $10, $25, $500, $1,000. I don't care what you can do, whatever God's blessed you to do, go ahead and do that. And also we have our text line. So we have our text line 248-301-2010, 248-301-2010. You could text that number 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It doesn't matter your time zone. It doesn't go to our personal phones. So we just, we'll take a look at that, see who's text us. We'll text back. If you have topic suggestions, if you just have feedback on this show or any other show we've done, please let's, you know, let's get in there and let's, let's chat. Uh, We love to hear from our listeners. And so that's something that's near and dear to us now, but let's jump into what we're going to talk about today. It is, could be controversial, I guess, depending on what denomination that you're part of. Or what you've grown up to believe, and different things like that. But as you can see, we've been going through um, just talking about some of these controversial or taboo topics, things that people, last couple episodes, we were talking about some misinterpreted scriptures and things that people have believed for so long that it's not necessarily biblical. And we're gonna talk about something today that if you've been around charismatic, Pentecostal, non denominational circles, you probably have heard this phrase. Also, um, if you were Baptist, Reformed, or any other kind of non-charismatic circle, Lutheran, Presbyterian, any of that, you've probably heard th- this said, but in a kind of more of a negative way, or that it's not real, or, or what, what have you. Right, right. And so we want to we talk a little bit today about generational curses, okay? You, you, you hear that sometimes, especially like I say, in charismatic circles, they say, well, you know, that's a generational curse and we want to break that generational curse in your life.
0: Yeah. You probably heard it or you say it. You know, I I know growing up, I said it all the time. You know, you just, you look at a situation, you look at a a pattern from, you know, parent to child or, or whatever, you know, and you go, oh, that's, that's a generational curse that needs to be broken. Usually that's the kind of statement that you know, I would have made.
1: Yes. Yeah. Or you go to some type of a rally or something, and somebody gets up and they say, we're breaking generational curses. They're praying to say, we're going to break generational curses, things like that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you've heard of these. And we're going to talk about generational curses today, because I believe that the context in which we talk about them is a bit problematic. And I think we need to see by Scripture, what does the Bible actually say about generational Curses. And as we go through this, I, I still want you to remember what we've said the last few episodes of how we read scripture, how it's written to you, or excuse me, yep. written for you, not to you. The, yeah, written to you, Curse. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Bible is not written to you. The Bible is written for you. Okay. And and also taking scripture and helping scripture to flush out scripture in light of scripture right? We, we don't use our own mm-hmm. interpretation. We use scripture to help us interpret the rest of the scripture. And we, and we have to look at the whole of scripture. It's so very important. And we talked about exegesis and eisegesis, which we, we talked in the past episodes. And so all of these things to help you to understand it as we talk about these topics, what are we doing to get down to the actual truth of the topic? What are some, and there's other things that you do as well. I mean, it it's not just those things, but I'm trying to give you bits and pieces of that. So I think it's very important before we even get into this for some listeners to understand, because I think there's going to be, there could be some pushback on maybe thinking we don't understand spiritual warfare or right. the demonic or right. any. Yeah, it's
0: good you mentioned this.
1: Yeah, or any of those things. You know, we are. <laughs> Probably well too aware of these type of things. I, you know, I, I know that that I've served on teams where we did you know cast demons out of people and, and different things like that. So it's not I'm not a stranger to that. Neither is Kyle a stranger to any of these type of you know demonic oppression. No. Realizing no. that there are things that are real curses. If you oh, yeah. if you look at the mission field, you see witch doctors. I mean, you talk to any missionary. Especially in Africa and some of those areas like that, where they they talk about that, you know, they put curses on people and hexes on people and all of these different things. Yeah. The spiritual realm realm is it, it's real.
0: <laughs> it, it's 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 an eternal. We talk about eternal perspective. Yeah, uh, that's the eternal perspective. Is listen, there's heaven or hell. That's right. And we the Bible's very clear. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Right. Principalities, powers, and rulers of darkness. Rulers over this air, and so we're very, very aware of that. And, and what we're trying to get to is dissecting the term "generational curses" because I think that we're attributing genera- a phrase to something that's not exactly what it is.
1: Right. Yes, and and that's right, and and, and that's again we've seen in other scriptures where how it, it, we can harm it, it can be harm to done to people by us not representing Scripture correctly, and so. Let's talk about generational curses. Are they biblical? Like what what does the Bible actually say about these? So, let's talk about a little bit of what is a generational curse. Uh-huh. You know, sometimes people call them family curses or, you know, a hereditary curse, you know, but really, it's a curse on a family based on the sins or misdeeds of a relative or an ancestor from a past generation, okay? Right. Hence the reason you say generational curses. Yeah. So that that's that's kind of where that comes from.
0: Like like specific examples, you know, you look at maybe like fatherless homes that have been passed down from generation. The de- where the dad's typically not in the home anymore. Drug addictions, sexual abuse, divorce, things like that, where you would look at certain scenarios and say that must be a generational curse because typically things like that will see run from grandparents to parents to kids, like three, four generations worth will have the same type of scenarios going on in their families. And so we just deem that a generational
1: curse. Right. Yeah. And that's, yeah. And I think that's where that most people will understand that they'll, they'll say, you know, well, you know, cause somebody will come up to you and say, well, you, you, you know, you can break your family, cur- your curse, your family curse. You don't have to be a drug addict. You don't have to be a, an alcoholic, or you don't have, like all of those things, which is true. None of us have to be any of those things. But so let's break this down. So are generational curses mentioned in the Bible? We would say yes, right? But now let's, because trust me, there, there's way more to this story than, than the beginning here. But are generational curses mentioned in the Bible? Yes. So we see it in Genesis 2, verses 16 and 17. But the serpent tempted Eve to do so anyway. Eve then gave some to Adam and he ate it too. Now, when you look at this, God had commanded Adam and Eve not to eat the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We remember that back in Genesis, the very beginning. Okay. Well, when Adam sinned and when Eve sinned, it thrusted us into what we know as. Uh, life today, which is a life that is full of the curse that was brought, that God brought to the whole earth as a result of their sin. So when you talk about a generational curse, that is probably the, not probably, it is the biggest generational curse that humanity has ever experienced because it was God who said that now I am cursing the entire world, the earth. I'm also going to curse the man and I'm going to curse the woman. And he specifically gave prescriptions on exactly what was going to be cursed for the man and the woman, right? And then he also talked about where, you know, now there's going to be thorns and thistles and all of these types of things. And I'll tell you, I love, like, I love gardening. I love planting flowers. I love all the things. That's just me. Now, Kyle's looking at me because he likes to hunt. So he's like, hey, Kevin. Kevin. We gonna go out. In the, we gonna go out in the woods and make a man out of you. Um, but hey. <laughs> but uh, I I just love to. I love that. But every time I look at a rosebush, often when I look at a rosebush, it reminds me of the curse because it wasn't there before the curse. Right as as we read scripture, and so if you look at that, you can say that Adam and Eve and the things that happened with them—that was the first generational curse. Think about Romans 5, 12 through 14. It says, therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in this way, death came to all people because all sin. To be sure, sin was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not charged against anyone's account where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even over those who did not sin by breaking the commandment, as did Adam, who is a pattern of the one to come. And so basically, we see the extent of Adam's and Adam and Eve's sins and how it has affected generation after generation. Okay, mm-hmm. so where do we get these ideas? So, you know, a lot of people are, may not think about Genesis when we talk about generational curses, but what they right. do think about is these very popular scriptures. And here's what these scriptures are. So, let's look at Exodus 20 and 5. It says, "I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third mm-hmm. and fourth." generation of those who hate me. That's Exodus Mm -hmm. 20 and 5. Moses then comes in Numbers 14 and 18. It says, the Lord is slow to anger, abounding in love, and forgiving sin and rebellion, yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation. Also, we see Moses, he says it again in Deuteronomy 5 9. He says, I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation. Okay. Now, here's the issue here. And what people do is they take these scriptures, okay, and not taking the context of these scriptures, the historical meaning here. Not understanding the New Testament and how the New Testament correlates with the Old Testament, because even though the New Testament and the Old Testament seem a lot different, truly, they are they are married. And the reason, and, and the way the reason why we know this is a lot of the prophets from the Old Testament, what they did was they foreshadowed and foretold things that were going to happen in the New Testament, right? And so, we, we look at that, and we can't say, well, you know, it says that he's going to visit the, from generation to generation, he's going to visit the children with punishment because of, of the parents. Because even in the Old Testament, we see that some of God's people escaped generational curses. If we look at Exodus 20 and 6, he says he would show love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. So think of that. He just said, yeah. <laughs> we just read in the other scriptures that, that if, if, the, if the parents sin, that the children are going to be held accountable for those sins. He's going to punish the children. But then if you look in Exodus, it says his love is to a thousand generations. Okay?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, let's look more further here. In Numbers chapter 14, verse 20. It says, I have forgiven them as you ask, though he refused to let any but a handful of the faithful, namely Joshua and Caleb, enter into the promised land. So here's Numbers 14 and 20 says, he says, I have forgiven them as you ask. So basically what happened here is he said he forgave them in Numbers, but he only allowed a handful of the faithful, which was like Joshua, Caleb, and all of them, to enter into the promised land, all right? Mm-hmm. Let's look at Jeremiah 31, 29 through 31. Now, and here's where I want you to understand the, all of this in context, because when we, talk about, when we talk about generational curses and we ask ourselves, is generational curses in the Bible, we have to say yes, because I just proved to you in Scripture that generational curses existed. It existed in the Old Testament, All right, okay? But I also want you to understand what happened with generational curses, and, and, and I think that the danger of not understanding generational curses, one of the things that happens is it takes the responsibility off the person. So and and I'm getting a little ahead of myself. So let me just let me just read where we need to go. So let's look at generational curses. And there's there's scripture in Ezekiel 18 and I'm actually going to read more in Ezekiel 18 because I think it's important for you to understand this is that even though the scripture talks about us with generational curses and we see it, we also see that Jesus came in the New Testament to break all of the generational curses. And we see that foreshadowed in the Old Testament. And here's, here's where we, we see it, okay? Scripture, Jeremiah thirty one. Uh, 29 through 31, it says, The parents have eaten sour grapes, and the children's teeth are set on edge. Instead, everyone will die for their own sin. Whoever eats sour grapes, their own teeth will be set on edge. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant, with the people of Israel, and with the people of Judah. Now let's look at Ezekiel 18, 2-4. Mm. What do you people mean by quoting this proverb about the land of Israel? The parents eat sour grapes, and the children's teeth are set on edge. As surely as I live, declares the Sovereign Lord, you will no longer quote this proverb in Israel. For everyone belongs to me the parent, as well as the child, both alike belong to me. The one who sins is the one who dies. Yeah. So when when Bible scholars look at this, they look at those last two passages I just read, and they say that this is the prophets looking forward to a time when Mm -hmm. there will be no God is punishing the second and third and fourth generation because of the sins of their parents. We just read that as he foreshadowed this, he says that for everyone belongs to me. This is what the Lord is saying. The parent as well as the child, both alike belong to me. The one who sins is the one who will die. So the one who actually committed the sin is the one who's going to die, not generations after. Okay. So Bible scholars believe that this is looking forward. Now, this is where I feel like this causes. So, this whole thing about current today, generational curses for current day, this debunks this completely. Okay. Ezekiel 18, 14 through 22. You cannot, it's, it is, it is very hard to believe in generational curses when you read Ezekiel 18, 14 through 22. It says, but suppose This son has a son who sees all the sins his father commits, and though he sees them, he does not do such things. He does not eat at the mountain shrines or look to the idols of Israel. He does not defile his neighbor's wife. He does not oppress anyone or require a a pledge for a loan. He does not commit robbery, but gives his food to the hungry and provides clothing for the naked. He withholds his hand from mistreating the poor and takes no interest or profit from them. He keeps my laws and follows my decrees. He will not die for his father's sins. He will surely live, but his father will die for his own sin because he practiced extortion, robbed his brother, and did what was wrong among his people. Yet, you ask, why does the son not share the guilt of his father? Since the son has done what is just and right and has been careful to keep all my decrees, he will surely live. The one who sins is the one who will die. The child will not share the guilt of the parent, nor will the parent share the guilt of the child. The righteousness of the righteous will be credited to them, and the wickedness of the wicked will be charged against them. But if a wicked person turns away from all the sins that have That they have committed and keeps all my decrees and does what is right and just, that person will surely live. They will not die. None of the offenses that have been committed will be remembered against them because of the righteous things that they have done. They will live. I don't know how you read that scripture, those passages of scripture, and come away saying that today. And 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 we'll, we'll we'll talk about Jesus here in a second. That somehow there is generational curses, and we take those scriptures because these prophets were foreshadowing something here in the future. I think
0: the way we do it is, is we just get caught up in terminology, Kevin. I think it's just we we assume it's a learned behavior, so it's a generational curse, and we don't understand that we're honestly. We're being way harsher than what we (laughs) we actually should be. Mm -hmm. They're not being punished unfairly because of what their parents did. They may have learned wrongfully from their parents or may have seen and been exposed to things from their parents, but that doesn't mean that it was a curse upon them. Uh, We are are all born in sin. Mm -hmm. Like that is the one curse that I can agree with. And we have to go to Jesus to break that curse over our life, that curse of death. Outside of that. We have the choice to make certain decisions in our lives that are going to cause us to either follow the path of those before us or choose a different path. Yeah. I was going to get real with you for a minute here. My dad left his kids. His dad left his kids. His dad left his kids. It was handed down from generation to generation. Guess who hasn't left his kids? Me. Mm -hmm. The buck stopped there and I had a choice to make. I could either be a guy that lacked commitment or hey i'm going to love my kids and i'm not i'm going to be a dad that i wasn't like there's a choice there that wasn't a generational curse
1: right right yeah and 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 this will come to life just even in just in a few minutes even more so let's look at so where we are today let's look at the new testament okay so paul apostle paul in romans 5:19 he talked about this he said for just as though as through the disobedience of the one man the many were made sinners right? Talking about Adam. So, also, through the obedience of the one man, talking about Jesus, the many would be made righteous, okay? So, when Jesus came, there were no more generational curses. <laughs> Jesus came to break those, quote-unquote, curses. And I, here's, let me, let me pause and say something. We have to be very careful. And I said this when we were talking about is, you know, is, is drinking a sin and is tattoos a sin? And all. and one of the things I said in those episodes was that you have to be very careful when you throw the word sin around, right? So, and I said that, I said, when you say things like something is a sin, you need to be very careful to make sure that what you're saying and categorizing as a as a sin is an actual sin. Because sin is something you actually have to turn away from. Sin is something that actually separates you from God. Sin is something that you have to repent for, right? Like, So don't throw that word around haphazardly about something that you don't necessarily think you should be doing, but you tell everyone else it's a sin for them, right? Because that's very important. Well, it's the same thing when it comes to curses. That word curse is very serious, and so for you to throw around the word curse as if it's just, well, that's a generational curse. Well, you know, his dad had alcoholism. His son has alcoholism. His grandson is, is an alcoholic. Well, that's just a generational curse. You have to understand what a curse actually is before you mm-hmm. start throwing around these terms of curse, right? And so when we when we see that, and we see that Jesus when 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 Jesus came and i'm looking up something right now while we're while we're talking here because i think there's a there's a there's there's something important here let me let me let me read to you let me read to you the definition of a curse a curse is a solemn utterance intended to invoke a supernatural power to inflict harm or punishment on someone or something. Okay. That's going to be very important here in a second, right? That's what a curse is. So please let's not throw the word curse around like it's candy. Okay. So, so we see that for as through disobedience. So Adam, many were made sinners. So through also the obedience of one man, the many will be made righteous. We also see that we are set free from sin through our faith in Christ. When we look at Romans mm-hmm. chapter six, verses 20 through 22, here's mm-hmm. the problem. When we say, when we get super spiritual and we say things like, well, that we need to break this generational curse over your life. If you got a, you got a family that comes up and you're like, we're, we're going to, we're going to break this generational curse. Here's the problem. Here's what, here's the, here's the issue here. You literally take the responsibility off of the person. To make right choices in their lives, and you put it on a spirit, and I say that in quotations a spirit or a curse. Now, this person feels like they don't have the response, they don't have the responsibility for this sin, and they're Mm -hmm. utterly controlled by it. And they're like, Well, I just need to come up front and get to the altar, Pastor, because I believe this is a generational curse in my life. They told me it was a generational curse, and I need this curse taken off of me. No, you don't need a curse taken off of you. You need to start making better choices in your life, right? You you need to start, and, and, and don't get me wrong, and we'll talk about the science here in a minute, and maybe this is a good place to talk about the science. There are some people, and there are some things that science tells us is genetic. There are some things that we are predisposed to, right? And so- there are things that there are genes and things that are passed on that people have. Let's keep that in the science category, okay, and not in the spiritual category. Because when we put that in the spiritual category and we say that that's something that's scientific or that's passed through genes is now a spirit or a curse, you now have a thing where Somebody should be going to the doctor or a counselor about something, but instead they're looking at it as if they're cursed or if there's a spirit that has to be. And so they come there and say, well, well, I I went up to the altar. They said it was a generational curse on me and the pastor prayed for me to break generational curses and I'm still doing it or I'm still experiencing it. Well, you're experiencing it because either scientifically there's some issue going on, right? or you experience it because you're making bad choices. I do not believe in generational curses. I believe in generational consequences. So if yeah, that's good. So if your dad was not in your life, all right? And you look at the poverty cycle. Why are you got to talk about my daddy like, oh my goodness. If your dad <laughs> Was not in your life, all right? And you look at it, and, and I'm telling <laughs> you, poverty bothers me. Like it, it and I, I've just seen this recently before my eyes. And I, I can't go into the details, but it, it's someone I know who is literally trapped in the system because they can't, they just, can't, it is very hard for them to get out. And I will tell you this, if you have a dad who's not in the family, well, what do you think is going to happen? That's, and unless the mom gets married again, it's going to be a, a single mom which may or may not be able to go to college, because they can't take the time they, they're so busy working to take care of their kids, they're not able to go to college and work and take care of the kids. So what do they do? They say, "You know what? Unfortunately, I can't go to college right now. I'm just going to work my butt off for these kids to make sure they have a, a decent life." That household income at that point will never be what it could be because that person maybe was not able to land the job that they wanted to because they have to get off at a certain time to take care of the kids. And on top of that, they weren't able to go to college to get the education to get a job that has a higher salary. Okay. So what do you think is going to happen? Well, now the kids are growing up in a household where mom hasn't went to college. Mom doesn't have a good job. Now they don't have any money for college. They don't have, they are not able to see, you know, certain things and they live in neighborhoods where they don't, they're not able to really get, see outside of what they're used to. So when they Mm -hmm. graduate from high school, they just live and try to get a job that makes just enough to basically have what they're, they've been used to having, right? And if that continues to go on and on and on, that's not a generational curse, that is a generational consequence of a father not being in the home and taking care of his wife and children, right?
0: That's a, really good, that was really, yeah, that's a really good way to spell that thought process out.
1: Yes. So we just, we, again, especially in charismatic circles, we like to spiritualize everything. Well, he has the spirit of homosexuality. He's got the spirit of pornography. He's got the spirit, the spirit. What is, what is that? What, what, what is, what, what is the spirit of pornography? What is the spirit of homosexuality, right? These are choices that people make. And I listen, I'm not saying, and I have to be very careful here. I say this because every time we get up in the morning, we have a choice to do right. We have a choice to do wrong it doesn't mean if dad had a stash of, of nasty magazines, it is very, it's highly likely that if his sons find one of those magazines or daughters find one of those magazines that he is now going to be hooked on pornography. But that is a generational consequence of what the dad did. It's not a spirit and it's not a curse, right. right? Now, I want to go back to the homosexual thing because it's very, this, is, this is very important. Sometimes it's the environment that those people grow up in. Maybe they were been sexually abused. Sometimes they just have a certain proclivity towards that sin. And we've talked about this before, you know, because when you say, well, it is a spirit because as long as they've known it, they've they've been attracted to the same sex. Well, that's right. And as long as you've known yourself, you've been, (laughs) you've always had a problem with lying or a problem with cheating or a problem with whatever you have your problem with. But I'm not going to say you have the spirit of lying you have the spirit of cheating you've got a you've got that's a generational curse of liars like guys we have to read the bible the whole of scripture don't take the scripture where it says in the old testament well he's going to punish the all the generations from the to the third and the fourth generation yes that was for that time and yes he said that and yes that happened right but today with christ Christ, when he came and he died, we were set free from the curse. So, again, the danger is not making people responsible for their own sins. Listen, if you've got issues with sin in your life, like all of us, we have a responsibility to seek sanctification, to seek holiness in our lives. To seek out counseling if there's things that we need to, you know, get counseling with. To go to the doctor if we need to be on medicine for something. Like, stop spiritualizing things that are not spiritual. Yeah. Now, I did say in the beginning, (laughs) we are no stranger to spiritual warfare.
0: We're We're not saying that there's not the demonic and there's not spiritual warfare. We're just saying it's not behind every single bush. It's not behind every single circumstance, every situation we're not negating the fact that there is oppression and possession i mean that's those are two very real and probably most more real than what we face here on surface and earth but guys what we're trying to say is is that we can't we can't disregard bad decisions we can't disregard habitual decisions and just call them something just to kind of answer away with it we have to confront things and if we're going to confront things properly you talk about jesus jesus went to the heart of every issue so if we're going to get to the heart of every issue, we're going to have to understand, is this spiritual? Okay, if it's not, then it's consequential. Why is it consequential? Because there's a habit that has been taught and now being performed, and we have to confront those habits so that the next generation doesn't deal with those habits. That's what we're trying to say.
1: Right, right. And, and, and let me say this, because I feel like I have to cover all my, my, my areas here, because I, I, don't, I don't want people to think that we don't understand, like, like, like I was saying, spiritual warfare and understanding that. But do I think that there is spirits or a spirit behind all of these things? Whether it be homosexuality, whether it be alcoholism, of course, it's the spirit of the enemy. the The devil wants people to be in bondage to things, right? He wants them to be addicted. He wants people to not understand their identity of whether they're confused. Whether am I a man or I'm a woman? Was I born wrong? Like. Of course, the Bible says that he is the author of confusion. Right. So, yes, there is a spirit behind it. But sometimes I think we have a fundamental misunderstanding of spiritual warfare. So Kyle Mm -hmm. said something just a a couple seconds ago about, you know, it's, you know, people, sometimes people think the devil's behind every bush. And that is a fundamental misunderstanding of the devil himself. The devil. So people have said this to me before, oh, pastor, ah, man, the devil's been after me all week. Oh, I, I just I don't know what's happening, but I just feel like every time I turn around, the devil is just right there just trying to do... Let me tell you something. One, spiritual warfare 101: the devil is not omnipresent. God mm-hmm. is omnipresent, which means that he is everywhere all at the same time. Mm-hmm. The devil is not omnipresent. That is only reserved. the only being that that's reserved for is God. Mm -hmm. So if the devil's been following you all week, (laughs) there's a problem. And I'll tell you what the problem is. The problem is not necessarily so much the devil. The problem is probably you. Because it's the old saying, is it the flesh, the world, or the devil? Sometimes the devil doesn't have to be there behind the bush for us to do things or fall into sin. The Bible says we are dragged away into sin by our own lusts. Our own evil desires. Our, our own evil desires. Could they be influenced by the enemy? Sure. Sure. All these bad things are influenced by the enemy. Uh, Kyle, can you get that scripture that we're dragged away yeah, it's in James. I'll grab it. Yeah, right. I, it's yeah, it's in James. But I, I James like two or something. Allah, uh, I, I don't know exactly which, which where it is, and I want to make sure we 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 say that and, and have people actually know where it is. But yeah, so that's yeah. a fundamental misunderstanding of spiritual warfare. Well, the devil's behind. Oh, the devil's just man. He's just on my tail. He's on my back. Well, okay. Uh, I, I understand. I understand that there are things that are happening that are not great.
0: But, says James 1.14, it says, but each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. So, James 1.14.
1: James 1.14, yeah. Yeah. So, so guys, let's be careful when we look at things like mental illness, alcohol addiction, drug addiction, poverty, you know, and, and, it's, and it's an all good. And again, we mean well when we say things like we want to break this, this poverty spirit, you hear people say that. I want to break a poverty, poverty spirit. What is that? I, I, I don't oh, yeah. What exactly is a poverty spirit? Now, there are people who have a poverty mindset that's different. There are people who have a poverty mindset that says, you know what? I'm not good enough. I don't deserve anything good. So if I'm poor, I'm just going to be poor because that's just, I, that's just my lot in life. Like, I don't deserve to have nice things. That is the wrong mindset. And yes.
0: Well, and yeah, and that's a, that's a distortion. I mean, it. but again, we talk about we are new creations in Christ Jesus. The oldest passed away, right? Yep. We got to talk about the mindset Like Jesus is going to require change. Not to say that you're going to be rich, but you don't have to have this mindset of woe is me, I'm just going to be poor, but you may be motivated now to live with some integrity and some discipline, and do better for yourself. That Jesus is going to get to the heart of those issues if you do allow him to create a new creation inside of you. The relationship and the love of Jesus will always require change. It will.
1: Yeah. I, you know, And to sum all this up, 2 Corinthians 5.17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed. Behold, the new has come. Like... <laughs> I'm sorry, guys, but you're you're not carrying around a generational curse from your grandfather and God is punishing you because something your grandfather did. That is a fundamental misunderstanding of the New Testament, the new covenant, the new creations that we are in Christ. I mean, it just, it defies all of that. It just flies in the face of every single one of those things, right? Because we, we, there's no such thing as that. So, you no, you're not being punished. For something your grandfather did. If something is going on in your family and your grandfather dealt with it, it's because somebody did not wake up one morning and go, you know what? I'm not going to be like Papa. Like I, I'm, I, I know better. I need to do my finances better. I need to have a budget or I need to, you know, make sure that I work you know harder or I need to take care of my body better, or I need to all those things. Right. You know, so it's just important, and I'm hoping you guys understand as we're going through some of these scriptures and interp- interpreting things for you and understanding scripture, we can't just take phrases and run with them, right? We, we just, we can't do that. We've got to look at what the Bible actually says. And so, and again, I, I cannot say stress this enough. I am not saying that there's not spiritual warfare. I'm also not saying that there are not people who are demonically possessed that are non-Christians. You cannot be possessed if you are a Christian. God does not share you with the devil. You either have Christ or you don't. So there is no, you know, so we understand spiritual warfare. I understand the spirit of oppression, right? those Those are some spiritual things that people actually have that we have to pray them off of people. Like, I totally got, understand you got this. you pray
0: and fast for some of those.
1: Yes. You know? Sometimes we have to fast, we have to pray. There are some people who, you know, allow the, 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 the enemy to influence them. I mean, there's, there are a lot of those things that happen. What I am saying is the generational curse phrase that we use and the way we've used it, We've got to know what it actually means. And so I pray that this is helpful for you and answer some of your questions when it comes to things like generational curses and, 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 and all of that. And of course, you can text us 248-301-2010, 248-301-2010. If, if you've got more questions or you have anything else you want to talk about at any time, 24-7-365, you can text that number and we'll respond to you.
0: Especially, yeah, especially with a show like this where we're talking about where it once existed, now it doesn't exist and how we're using it. Guys, DM us, message us. We got Instagram, we've got Facebook, comment under the post. We want people to be educated. And so maybe you're not the only one with the question. You ask it, someone else is following that question. They're waiting for an answer. So Facebook, we've got Thinking Out Loud podcast. And then Instagram, it's thinking underscore out loud. Go ahead, message us, comment on it, tell us what you think, let us know if you have any questions, because again, our goal is to educate. We're not trying to confuse. We're not trying to argue. We're not trying to prove anybody wrong. We're just trying to educate and uh, make sure that in everything we do, everything we talk about, we're helping move the kingdom of God.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I I agree with that. And so, guys, we love you guys. So grateful that you're here with us every week and keep those questions coming in. Keep those topics rolling. I know there's something we're still looking at the political stuff the political climate things that are happening yeah. in the world we're, yeah. we're keeping a close eye on that so there are things that's brewing and, and, and we think they this it, that we need to probably address them so we'll 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 talk about that stuff
0: well we need to do it in their entirety we can't do it out of assumptions right now so right. we just kind of gotta wait
1: yep yep so there are some things that we're, we're 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 looking at so all right guys well god bless you guys we love you guys have a great week